Right. I got that advice early on because my father is a, or was for many years, a broadcast journalist. (laughs) And so when I was first starting out, he listened to several of my shows and gave me feedback. And that was one of the first things he said is that this should be a conversation and, and your listeners should feel like they're sort of eavesdrop, eavesdropping on this conversation. Hey there, and welcome back to The Author Biz. Thank you so much for joining me today. My name is Stephen Campbell, and this, as I mentioned, is The Author Biz, the show that provides you with tools, strategies, and inspiration you can use to confidently and efficiently manage your author business, leaving you with more time to focus on the important work of writing. This episode is brought to you by the Author Biz Back Office. You've got what it takes to write great books, but you may need some help with some of the technical details of building out your author platform. Can I tell you, my wife and I are working on a project right now, a website project for a debut author client, uh, but our work goes well beyond just simply building the site. We're setting up the onboarding process for her email list. We've set up the email on the new domain. We're helping to clean up some of the pictures that will be used on the website using Photoshop. And we've actually set up two blogs at the site to reflect the different interests that this author has. It's a super fun project for us, and I'm loving the way the site is coming out. If we can help you with your website or anything to do with your author business, check us out at theauthorbiz.com slash back office. Quick, what's one thing most authors say is their number one problem? If you said finding new readers, you win today's prize. Unfortunately, it's being split amongst uh, almost everyone that's listening today because everyone's having the same problem. One way of being exposed to new audience and obviously then new potential readers is by being a guest on an interview show like my crimefiction.fm show for mysteries and thrillers or maybe Corey Miller's Back Porch Writer Show on Blog Talk Radio. There are dozens probably hundreds of these shows, and they all bring their own unique audiences. Even the big five publishers are getting into the mix now as well. Uh, They're setting up interview days for authors when they have new books coming out. So this is a way for podcasters to have the opportunity to interview really high-level authors, and they stack these interviews one on top of another over the course of a day. It's got to be brutal for the author. But for the interviewer, it's great because you have access to some pretty high-level authors, and it makes for a great show. You know exactly how long it's going to be, and the author is spot on because they've been doing it all day long. So they know their talking points. They're ready to go. So how about you? Are you interested in being interviewed on a podcast or radio show or on television to help to expand your reach, find new readers? Do you know what it takes to be a great interview guest? It's not that hard, but there are some key elements. My guest today is Corey D. Miller, the aforementioned host of Back Porch Writer. She's done over 200 interviews on her shows, and I've done around that number with the different shows that I do. So between the two of us, we're going to talk you through 13 things that will help to make you a better interview guest. Here's the show. I hope you enjoy it. Corey D. Miller, welcome to The Author Biz. Thanks for having me, Steve. It is a pleasure to chat with you. You are the host of Back Porch Writer, 
on Blog Talk Radio. You're also an author. You just published your first book, Hush, which I had the opportunity to read and really enjoyed, by the way, so I recommend that to listeners. But you have interviewed over 200 authors on your show, and I counted up mine, and I'm somewhere around 230, I think. So between the two of us, we are well over 400 author interviews. So who better than us to talk about (laughs) how to be a great interview guest? I'll start. What we're going to do is just bounce back and forth, and we may tell some war stories along the way and and maybe even some horror stories. Um, (laughs) But the first thing that I have, if if you have the opportunity to be interviewed, whether it's on television, on the radio, on a podcast, whatever it may be, There are a few things you need to understand. You need to understand the length of the interview. And it's a great idea to understand what your goals are for the interview, both your goals and the host of the show, so that you're delivering what the host wants and what the listeners expect, and you're also getting your message out there. It's I I don't know if you've had this happen, Corey, but I've had it happen multiple times where authors will get to the end of the interview and... You know, they'll start saying, oh, I forgot to tell you what my website address was. And I said, well, you know, I'm going to get to that. But you need, you need to understand the message that you want to get across during your interview, whether it's two minutes, 20 minutes, or 60 minutes. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Be prepared. You know, and in addition to being prepared with what you want to get out of it and, and understand what the, the host wants to get out of it, is the way, the way that you can do that from the host perspective is, Go and listen to some of their podcasts or their other interviews before you ever approach them and find out, one, what their style is, and two, kind of what questions do they generally ask so you understand the format and flow of the show. Uh, I think that can really help in terms of preparation from an interviewee perspective. Yeah, there are a lot of, there are a lot of shows that, where people just ask standard questions. Yeah, there really are. Um, and and there, even when there's not just standard questions, there's some that I tend to ask on a pretty regular basis. Um, I'll say things like, well, you know, what is your website? <laughs> you know, because I, I want to make sure that that's said and sometimes I know they forget. So I, I tend to try and bring it up. And before the interview, I will tell them if I forget, make sure you do. But I say that so that I'm priming them a little bit to remember to do it. Um, because like you said, sometimes they forget. You, you mentioned being prepared. Have you ever interviewed someone who was completely unprepared? Um, I wouldn't say completely unprepared, but certainly not as prepared as they could have been. Uh, and the way that I know that is just in them answering the questions, it was hard for them to process the questions and answer right away. So there was a lot of dead air. And that is not good. That's not, that's not good. <laughs> and the opposite of being prepared, you want to be prepared, but you don't want to be overprepared. I've, I've had right. situations in the past where I've interviewed people who are so overprepared, they are ready for any question except the third question you ask. And then they're just completely flummoxed <laughs> and you hear papers <laughs> flying around in the background where they're trying to find their pre-written answer to this question and it's not there. <laughs> not there. Overprepared is not good either. Right. You know, one of the things that I've done myself and I've suggested to other people is when they're preparing and they want to write their things out, just a few bullet points are good and just use the single side of a piece of paper so that you're not shuffling papers around because you can hear that. Yes. And I don't think they realize that, that the, our audio tends to pick up all that shuffling that is happening in the background. So if you just have a, like right now, I have a single sheet of paper in front of me with my notes on it. 
That's it. I don't have to touch this paper. Well, I, I am so prepared today that I have a page and a half of bullet point <laughs> notes. So I, I have outdone you today, Corey. <laughs> now, I had the opportunity to interview someone recently who was a debut author. And I, I get the sense that this might have been her first interview. And so one of the questions that we ask any author who's recently released a book is, tell us about your book. And she starts reading the blurb. And uh, so I didn't interrupt. I, I let her go. Your show is live. You may have done something different. Mine is recorded. I knew I was going to cut that out and fix it. And, you know, we would just talk through it. But she got done. And I said, let's do it again. But this time, just tell me. Don't read it. And she mm -hmm. did. And it was perfect. Yeah. On my show, I don't recall having anyone actually – well, no, I shouldn't say that. I think in the first year, I had a few people who may have done something like that. And I don't edit things out. And in fact, the only time I would edit anything out since it's live is if I had some serious audio issues that I could take out, then I would try and do that. But otherwise, I just kind of let it flow. And I know that they're just nervous. So some of that is just nervous energy. And then I try and bring it back around for them and, and get them out of their shell. I think one of the things I tell people is, you know, my show, it's about you, the writer, if you happen to be an author coming on the show, because I have other people come on too, experts and things. Um, but if you're an author and you come on the show, people want to get to know you. They want to buy from someone that they can get to know. They're not just going to buy the book because you said buy the book. They actually want to know a little bit about you. And so I try and loosen them up. And that brings up an, another note that I had actually is that I tell people they need to call into my show five minutes ahead of time. Mm -hmm. And there's a few reasons why. One of them is so that we can warm up and get to know each other just a little bit in that five minutes because then that will ease the nervousness that they might be feeling going into the show. Um, and, and that works great. So when authors fail to follow that direction, um, they tend to do a, not as well on the show, I think, than if they've actually followed the direction of call in five minutes early so we can chat, we can check our audio levels, make sure the sound quality is going to be okay. Because if I can catch something bad in that situation, I'll have to reschedule the show because I don't want the audio to be mm -hmm. a problem, right? Um, so there's reasons that podcasters will say, hey, you need to call at this time or I'm going to call you at this time and here's how this is going to play out. And so that's, that helps, I think, with nervousness and, and just preparation overall for the guest. Can you normally tell if, if someone's nervous or how it's going to go in that first five minutes? Yes. <laughs> and, and if they're really, really nervous, I, I spend more time loosening them up. Um, and I tell them, you know, I'm really a laid back interviewer. Um, I'm not here to attack you in any way. We're going to talk about you and your books and, and what you do and, and that sort of stuff. So it, there's no surprises really. Um, and I will tell people in preparation, if whatever you've put out on the internet is fair game. So when I do my research on you, I'm going to pull some things in. Um, that doesn't mean I'm going to pull in something negative, but you should know that it's out there and I may come across it and it might come up in the interview. You know, that's a great point because I do a, a decent amount of, of research and I, a, a lot of times interview guests are surprised by the questions that we ask just from that research. Have, have you experienced the same thing? Yeah, I think most often they're surprised, and I don't understand why they're surprised by this, by the way, but they're most often surprised when I follow up with questions about reviews of their books, mm -hmm. if their review was bad. <laughs> and I'm thinking, <laughs> you really should be prepared to ask, answer that question because that to me would be a pretty common question on a show that's about writers, <laughs> you know, because I want to know how you handle negative reviews because everybody's going to get one once in a while. How do you handle it? You know, what's your recommendation? Because other people listening to my show want to know that, 
that comes up all the time in indie forums. Now, how do you do your blog talk radio interviews? Do you do them? Does your guest call in on the phone or do they use Skype or is it something else? Yeah, it's usually they call in and Mm -hmm. they can use Skype. um, And usually Skype, it works pretty well. What I tell people is to avoid using a cell phone if they can. Yes. uh, Because that tends to cause the biggest challenges for the audio going through blog talk radio. I don't know. Is that, does that happen with you too? The cell phone issue? Uh, I, I do everything in my power to avoid interviewing people on cell phones, but sometimes it's the only thing you can do. And it, it's almost never good. The sound quality is terrible. Listeners can probably hear I'm on Skype. You're on Skype. I've got a microphone. You've got a microphone. This is, this is good quality sound. And I, when I do my interviews, I try and encourage people to use Skype because even if you don't have a, a microphone, it sounds better, typically, than something over the phone for my purposes. The way I record, it sounds a little bit better. Uh, so the next thing I'm going to recommend is to understand the technology of the interview, whatever it's, whatever it's going to be. If it's a call-in thing, make sure you have, a land, you have access to a landline phone um, that's, that's got a good connection. It's not scratchy. And if it's Skype, test the Skype out first. Make sure you know mm-hmm. how to use it. Um, right. <laughs> I, I've had, I don't know, maybe 10% of my interviews. It's, it's just like there's a total Skype fail because they can't figure out how to use it. And then we wind up doing it over the phone. Uh-huh. Do you have any, any advice like for uh, to, to understand the technology of the process before you start? Uh, you know, the best thing I think you can do is just ask the host how they're doing everything. One of the things that you do great for your show is you send out these automated emails that tell me exactly what to expect. And so I know that you're going to call me on Skype and I know it's going to be X amount of time. I mean, if you've done your research about the podcast, find out what they do. Mm -hmm. Um, Like for mine, it's you have to call into the show. I can't call out to you. So you have to call in and you you have to use a certain number to do that. Um, And then if we get disconnected because it is live, you have to know how to handle that. Um, And so oftentimes I will tell people in that five minutes before the show starts, hey, if there's a little blip and something happens and I'm suddenly not speaking, (laughs) just go with it and pretend it's your show. (laughs) (laughs) Just act like this is your show. I will try and cue some music so you know that something happened. But hey, just pretend it's your show and I'll call right back in. (laughs) And some of the the guests are, are great and they understand that that's not a big deal and they'll be able to handle it. It's actually never happened. Um. Yeah, I don't think it's actually happened, but I've I've had some little hiccups because it's live. All right, one other thing for Skype: if you're if you're going to do an interview on Skype, it's great if you can have a set of headphones or earbuds, like iPhone earbuds, anything to keep the sound from coming out of your speakers, because there can be latency in the connection, and if the the interviewer can hear himself coming back through or herself coming back through. It, it makes it difficult to keep the flow of the interview going, and it makes it really difficult to edit the audio. And if, if you're doing it live, like if I called your show via Skype and we were getting feedback, it would just be awful. Right. And sometimes that happens. Yeah. <laughs> and that's why you call in five minutes early so we can see if that's going to happen. <laughs> All right. One last thing on Skype. And this is a simple thing, but something that I... I need to put in my email sequence that goes out to potential guests, and I haven't done it yet. It's, I, I, I like people to use Skype on their computer and to not have anything else running because 
certain computers, if you've got too many applications running, the fan will kick on every so right. often. And some computers right. sound like a jet engine. And they, so it's like you're sitting there talking away and it, it sounds like you're in the middle of a runway and, and something's going to happen soon. And it's, it's terrifying. <laughs> you know, it's so funny that you brought that up because right when you were calling me, I, that's the very next thing I did. I started closing everything else out. <laughs> and it was because I knew that sometimes my computer will make some sort of weird like notification sound, for example, um, from some other mm -hmm. program that's open. And I, oh, I better turn this off. <laughs> Yeah, and inevitably, you'll be in the middle of something and a phone will ring somewhere or something weird will happen. And that's okay. That kind of thing happens all the time. But there's one guest that I've interviewed, I think, three times for different shows. And she's a fantastic author and she's immensely busy. And I know that like right before the interview, she's in the middle of doing five things. And then we chat for a while and then she goes back to doing those same five things. But we'll just be talking, and all of a sudden, I can't hear her at all because her computer fan is so loud. <laughs> so that's a simple thing. Just close those applications. Just have Skype open if you're doing Skype and uh, nothing else. All yes. right, over to you. I was thinking about what people actually send into the different shows or interviews. I know for my show, I'm, I tell people, hey, you need to send me a, a three to five sentence bio, a headshot, a cover image of your, your book, or if you've got two books or whatever, send me a few images of your books um, and give me a book blurb on the book that you really want to be promoting. And what I found over the last several years now is that people aren't labeling their headshots or their mm -hmm. book covers very well. So I'll get images of somebody that their name is not attached to it. And it just says something like my headshot. <laughs> and I'm thinking, you sent this to me, first of all, two months ago, and I have no clue who you are now, <laughs> and I don't know where your picture is. So that my, my first recommendation here on this front is please label it with your first and last name, your headshot. And then for your book cover, put the title there you know, so that I know. And please don't send the stuff to me two months in advance because it will get buried. I get hundreds of emails it will get buried and then I won't be able to find it when I need it. I only need the stuff a week before the show goes live. So when people send things too early, it, it just creates havoc for me. <laughs> you know, that's a really good point. I interview a lot of people on crimefiction.fm and I make every effort to read the books uh, of the people that I'm going to interview, which takes a lot of time. But sometimes yeah. people will send them to me three months ahead of time and it, there is no way I'm reading the book three months ahead of time. I might read it two days ahead of time so that it's fresh in my mind when it happens. Um, right. But and, and there have been times when I forgot that I got the book and I'll say, I'm sorry I didn't read the book because you didn't send it. He said, well, you know, I sent it back in July. <laughs> I'm like, why'd you send it so early? <laughs> I think sometimes, you know, because they don't understand the podcasting side of things and they don't, they're not necessarily doing the research to find out about the hosts and things, they don't know that we actually have lives and, and lots of other things going on. I mean, I host Back Porch Writer, but I'm about to launch a whole other podcast. And I, I am an author, so I'm writing all the time. I also own two other businesses, and I've got a family. And so I, when I say send it to me a week ahead, there's a reason for that. <laughs> there's a very logical reason. And it's because I will not get to it if you send it early, and it will get buried. And so it's just better if you follow the directions of the show when, when you're contacting them. And every show is different. You know, you've got your process, I've got mine. Mm -hmm. So follow the directions of the show. But that, my, my biggest pet peeve actually is the not labeling your headshots and your other images <laughs> so I actually know who you are. 
That's literally your biggest pet peeve? It really is. Because it's so it takes so much more time then for me to go because I'll download this information mm-hmm. and then I have to go and try and find it in all the download stuff that I have. And then I'm thinking, okay, is this the person? <laughs> and then I have to try and attach it to emails and figure out who they are. Like I said, especially if they've sent it too far in advance. That's when it really becomes a challenge for me. So, yeah, I, I really would like people to label their stuff. And when they do their headshots, I really prefer a clean headshot. So, because, you know, on Blog Talk Radio, you can have images mm-hmm. scrolling across, right? Mm-hmm. And I can think I can have up to five images. And so people, if they're actually watching on the computer, can see those images and they want to see who's speaking generally. And they want to see the cover of the book. And so I, I like clean headshots, not things with you know, people wearing sunglasses and, and stuff like that. Um, the, the exception would be if someone is, maybe they're writing under a pseudonym and they're, um, they want to create this brand or image. In that case, I'd say, you know what, create some sort of avatar that I can use and then be consistent with that avatar across all uh, mediums. So when you're interviewing anywhere, you send that particular avatar because then you've got consistency mm-hmm. for your brand. And I've got something I can use and people are going to look at it and they'll always associate that image with that author. Good point. Um, one of the last things that I have is just to engage with the host. The, the best interviews are conversations. We're having a conversation right. now. It's not a Q&A. It's a conversation. And this doesn't happen a lot, but it does happen from time to time where, I'll, where I will ask a question, and then I'll just get a short answer, and then there's silence. And it's like it's all on me. I have to ask, to fill a 20-minute interview, I have to have like 73 questions. And that's that's asking a lot, as opposed to asking a question, getting an answer, and starting a conversational flow that's interesting for people to listen to, that makes you look good, it makes the host look good. It just makes the entire process uh, so much better. Most people do that, but a lot of of beginning questions People who are, are doing their first interviews uh, don't think about it as a conversation, but it, it's important to think of it that way. Right. I got that advice early on because my father is a, or was for many years, a broadcast journalist. <laughs> and so when I was first starting out, he listened to several of my shows and mm-hmm. gave me feedback. And that was one of the first things he said is that this should be a conversation and, and your listeners should feel like they're sort of eavesdrop, eavesdropping on this conversation and coming into it. And I said, okay, so I need to just let this be relaxed. So I don't have like a set number of questions I'm asking anybody. And in fact, I don't like it when people send me questions to yeah, ask them. I agree. I, I, <laughs> no one's, that's happened once and I don't care for it. And I, I've, I've spoken to other podcasters who will ask for them. So I guess it just sort of depends. Right. It, then it's, you know, we've got to get this in and we've got to get that in and we've got to get the other thing in. And it, it just stops the conversational flow. Right. And I just tell people, I've had somebody approach me with that more than once. And I've said, you know, you can send me the questions. I probably won't use them, but you can send them because this is a conversation. And <laughs> so I, a conversation means I'm going to ask you a question and then we're going to follow up because there probably is going to be something to follow up with. Um, but I, I do, you know, your point about dragging information from people, mm-hmm. that to me says they're not really prepared enough when I have to do that, when I'm really trying to tooth and nail get something out of them they weren't ready for the interview yeah or they're nervous or they're just not sure yeah i guess you're right ill prepared because they didn't listen to a few a few previous episodes to get a sense of of what the host really expects uh, one one thing that that i find really helps and i notice it when i'm listening to podcasts and i especially notice it 
when I'm in the middle of podcasts is if the guest uses the name of the show and uses the host name. So, for example, I, I've used your name several times. Th- that creates a, a little sense, of, a little bit more of a conversational sense. And when the guest comes on and says, you know, it's so great to be here on crimefiction.fm or the author biz or, ba- or the, back por- the back porch writer, uh, it, it creates a little bit of a sense of community between the host, the guest, and the listener. So mm-hmm. it's sort of an important tip. A lot of people don't do that, but the really best interview guests and the people that are interviewed on television, um, on, on NPR radio, and, and podcast, that's a trick that they use that, that really works. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's something that I know I personally could get better at. <laughs> I've, I've noticed, well, because I've noticed it too. I've had some people who are really great guests, and that's exactly, you're right. That's exactly what they do. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a man named Joel Friedlander on my program, and he is the book designer. Yep, that's how, I, what I know who he is. I haven't spoken uh, with him. Yeah, he's great to have on, by the way. And he does that, and he does it beautifully. And he, it just, yeah, I love that. <laughs> And so it's something that even I need to work on. <laughs> All right. I have exhausted my page and a half worth of bullet point notes. How are you doing? Well, I know we did not touch on this, and I don't know if this happens to you. Um, have you ever had a situation where someone did not show up for their scheduled interview with you? Only once. Ah. And what was that all about? <laughs> Did they um, explain? Did they get back to you? It was actually, it was the PR person who was supposed to get back to me, and she was so busy getting back to everybody that she didn't get back to me, and it, it was just sort of a mix-up, and it, it wasn't a big deal. Yeah, that has happened to me more than once. Yeah, and you, you're on a time schedule, so it, it, yeah. it really makes a difference. You have a live <laughs> audience that's expecting you to be there. <laughs> so it, it really causes a bit of a hiccup, and I learned pretty early on that I needed to have a solo show ready to go. Just oh, in case. really? Uh-huh. Yeah. Just because I can't just cancel the show. It starts at 930 <laughs> every Tuesday. And, you know, to get your audience, you have to be consistent. So I don't miss the Tuesday show. I mean, I, I would have to be on my deathbed or something. <laughs> um, but I've had that happen. And usually I'm, I'm very, you know, forgiving. If someone gets back to me right away and says, oh my gosh, I completely messed this up and explains and all that. But I've had people who just didn't do that. And my caution there, I have a few cautionary things for you uh, listeners out there that want to be on podcasts is that podcasters talk to other podcasters. And we will talk about guests that we found on that were really great and people who, you know, they just blew you off which shows that they didn't respect your time as a podcaster and they didn't respect your program. And so why would I let you come back on? If you contacted me later and never explained and acted like it didn't happen, you're not coming back on the show. Yeah, that would, that would be a, a definite no-no. And I want to highlight something that you did while you were riffing on, on that particular issue. You did a great job of squeezing in there. The, the important nugget that we haven't talked about yet is when your show is on. It's on every Tuesday at 930. <laughs> That's called knowing, knowing the important points that you want to get across and getting them across, something that we talked about very early. See, we're talking to a professional here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting better over time. You know, I'm growing. I'm learning. <laughs> Corey, did, I, did we leave anything out? Is there anything else you want to get across? Oh, we didn't mention quiet location. I should say that. Oh, yeah. Be in a quiet location. That, that is a great, great point. Almost forgot, and that is important. <laughs> and why is it important? Because we can pick up all that extra noise if you're not in a quiet location. 
So you definitely want to find the quietest spot that you can be in and one that actually has, you know, furniture in it and maybe drapes <laughs> to help with the sound. If you're in a room that's virtually empty, there's going to be echo. There's going to be, there's going to be an issue with the sound. Yes. So, uh- don't Be tap on your computer keyboard. Oh. <laughs> Don't. I, I, I've I've interviewed people who are drinking uh, something in a glass with ice. I mean, you hear everything because we've got headsets on, and and, and these microphones pick up everything, and then it gets into the interview. So if, if it gets bad enough, I'll I'll say something and then cut that out. But if you're if you're live like you are, then it's just an annoyance. Right. And then I have to actually say something, <laughs> which is not good. No. <laughs> you know, are you, I don't know, tapping on something? <laughs> Could you please stop doing that? <laughs> Corey, where can people keep up with you? Where can they find your show? And where can they keep up with you and your burgeoning writing career? Well, the show is Back Porch Writer over on Blog Talk Radio. You can get it on iTunes, Stitcher, Blueberry, Double Twist, it's, I, uh, it's on TuneIn. It's pretty much anywhere you want to download a podcast, you can find Back Porch Writer. Um, and then you can subscribe to the show. Um, and most people do listen after it. it's already aired. Mm-hmm. So that's something to be aware of. Um, and then for me, it's www.coreydmiller.com is my primary author site. And that's so Corey with a K, K-O-R-I-D Miller.com. I will link to all of this in the show notes so you can stop by theauthorbiz.com. And uh, check those out. So if you're driving around, you don't have to pull off the road to write these (laughs) URLs down. (laughs) Well, Corey, thanks so much for being here today. It was a pleasure chatting with you again. Oh, thanks for having me on AuthorBiz. This was a blast. See the way she did that? She got the AuthorBiz in there at the last minute. See, the (laughs) the woman is a professional. Thanks. I'm learning. (laughs) 